Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. For those of you that are new to the community, welcome in. For those seasoned listeners, thank you so much for listening to another segment here. With me today is a special guest by the name of Marsha Van Weinsberg, and she is going to be talking about some incredible things. How can we find empowerment with sharing our stories? How do we embrace in that vulnerability as well as et cetera, because our life story is personal to us, but you never know how your story can make an imprint to drive an impact in someone else's life. So let me tell you a little bit more about Marsha, and then I will welcome on our guest of honor. So Marsha is a storytelling business coach, speaker, two times podcaster, and multi-published author. Marsha is the six-time best-selling author of When She Stopped Asking Why. She shares her lessons as a parent who dealt with teen substance abuse that tore her family unit apart. Marsha has been published seven times in collaborative books, including Owning Your Choices, Sharing Inspiring Stories of Courage from Women Around the World, through her tools, NLP certifications, for those of you, NLP is Neuro Linguistics Programming, programs, coaching, and two podcasts, Marsha teaches the power of radical responsibility and owning your choices in your own life. She empowers women how to own and stand on their stories, be, be conscious leaders, and build platform businesses that create massive impact because sometimes I feel like we as women we're so busy trying to juggle and do everything for everybody else that we forget that we matter too and that looks like having that self-care that self-awareness and that self-love but um, without further ado I want to welcome the woman behind it all Marsha Van Weinsberg oh Thank you so much for having me today, Genesis. And you said my name twice, which is so impressive because many people struggle with it once. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much, Marsha. And I'm glad that we are sharing and holding space. So we're going to jump into the connection part of the segment, which is the fun part of the segment that takes people by surprise. And there are two options I like my guests to choose from. We could either do an icebreaker or a rapid fire 10 question game, emphasis on rapid. Let's go with rapid. Okie dokie, here we go, y'all. We're playing rapid fire with Marsha and Genesis. Do, 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 do. Question number one. What is one thing about yourself that makes you a wild card person that maybe your community doesn't know about you, but it's what sets you apart? A wild card. Oh my gosh. Rapid. I have, I've learned in human design. I have like open throat, open head, and I can speak and amplify a lot of different ideas. So I'm very impulsive when some of my thoughts come across (laughs) good and bad. (laughs) Question two, what's one word to describe you? Edgy. Question three, favorite color. Green. Question four, what is your drink of choice? Coffee, tea, or something else? Mm. 
I love sparkling water. Love it. Question four. If you could have lunch or dinner with any person, past or present, who would you be partaking a meal with? Brene Brown. Ooh, okay. And you know what? I could actually challenge you here. Time for a challenge, audience. So Brene Brown is currently still living. So my challenge for you is to find out a way to reach out to Brene Brown, whether you're sliding into her DMs or contacting her PR and putting together a media kit for yourself and saying why you would love to have lunch or dinner with Brene Brown, how you can add value to her, but how can she add value back to you? Because you want to make sure it's mutually beneficial. So are you up for a challenge? Oh, I am 100% up for challenge. Okay. So now to make sure the challenge is complete, I'll give you two weeks to complete the challenge, Mm -hmm. but in order to hold you accountable, or as my last guest said, count onable, you have to send me a screenshot whenever you have reached out to Brene Brown, because that's how we're going to hold each other accountable. I will do that. I actually do love accountability and you will see multiple DM messages that I've sent her and tagged her. And she is like my dream list um, for a podcast guest. So yes. That's amazing. Question five, if you could be a fly on the wall and eavesdrop in any conversation, what conversation are you listening in on? Oh my gosh, that's it. There's so many conversations. Um, oh my gosh, so many conversations. I would probably go into listening to a conversation in an, like an athlete's type, you know, game winning environment, that kind of, I just love sports. Like Rudy's one of my favorite movies, that kind of thing. I would love to hear how do we pick each other up when we're in our low spots. Amazing. Question six, what is a quote or mantra that picks you up whenever you feel like you're having a blue day or you may be in that low point? I have so many and I love quotes. I'm going to go with the one I've actually used today is like the story only ever has the meaning that you give it. Oh, I like that. The story only has the meaning that you give it only ever has the meaning that you give it. Mm, Okay. I like that. Question seven, you get three random acts of kindness per day that you're supposed to do for someone else. What are your three that you're going to do today? Today, I would, I haven't left my house yet, but I would send a message. Let me say, I can send um, a random message to a friend I haven't talked to in a while. I like, I love to do things like that. Um, I could help my one neighbor that I've helped multiple times who had hip surgery and I could go and buy a gift card. I'm going to buy a gift card that I could give to somebody. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Question eight, are you an animal lover? And if so, what pets do you have? Like 100%. I'm such a dog lover. I have a dog named Izzy and she's an Aussie doodle. She has tons of energy and she's like a huge part of my life. Question nine, favorite candy. Um, sour keys. Wait, what are they? Sour keys. You know, they're like the little keys that sour taste that I don't know what they're called, but I think they're called like sour keys, sour patch kids. Oh, sour patch kids. Yes. Yes. (laughs) This is hilarious. 
question 10. It is our pass or play question. And here are the rules. If you pass, this is where our roles are reversed and you ask me a question. If you choose to play, I ask one last question to wrap up. Rapid fire. So do you want to pass or play? I will play. Okay, last question. If you could go anywhere in the world and money was no option, where would you be headed? Australia. Amazing. Thank you for playing rapid fire. Now, audience, that concludes the connection part of the segment. So I hope you learned a little bit more of who Marsha Van Weinsberg is. Now we're going to jump into the main part of the segment, which is the power of storytelling and really embracing how can we share our story, but how do our stories connect with others? So Marsha, I want to learn a little bit background on who you are. And the reason why I asked for the background versus where you are now is because sometimes people see where you are now and they forget that you did go through trials you had those struggles and you had those hard moments that built your character so can you give us a brief overview of who you are and how it has led to where you are now I love that question Genesis honestly and for me it's we too often compare ourselves to others without ever knowing the chapter that that person is on or how long it took them to get there. And there is no there anyways, but we're in this space of, I was a parent who out of nowhere started to deal with teen substance abuse. My husband and I did, it came out of left field. And when it came into our life, it never left. It just continued to, it was not a phase. It was not a something that they outgrew. It only amplified. And we dealt with it with both of our kids. And during those years through probably five, I would say between four and five, really, really challenging years that we almost lost them both. We were in a space of, I was in a space of, to be honest, not even wanting to be here to watch it anymore, feeling completely out of control. And yet when we're out of control, we work super hard at trying to grip onto control And that's what I did. I lived in that space for a really long time. I felt very isolated. Shame was controlling the wheel. I was in a space of judgment. I didn't know how to do anything. And in that space, my home was not a safe place for me to be. So I didn't know where to go because my kids were minors and we were dealing with just unbelievable experience. So I had nowhere safe to go. And I became very much this under this piece of armor, right? We put this armor up, hoping no one knows what's happening in our life and that we can just put the face on, put the smile on and say that we're fine. I did that for a long time until I completely isolated myself from everyone and then recognized that, wait, I am all alone and I still have the problem. So my way is not working. And through a lot of support, a lot of crisis counselors and more, more work than I could ever put into a podcast to explain, I just decided that I would make a different choice and every day became a different choice. Like, how can I own my choices? How can I stop taking responsibility for everyone else? And in that space, when two people are trying to own a problem at the same time, nobody owns it. So there was no, we had to all take responsibility for ourselves. And that's how it started. And eventually over time, I started to be in a space of, you know, going into a Facebook group and finding out that, oh, I'm not the only mom in the world who is struggling with this. There's hundreds of thousands of moms in these groups. 
and I started to recognize that it wasn't just me. So if it wasn't just me, then I didn't do anything wrong. I think that's the big thing is that as a mom, you don't, you want to, you just want to do it as perfectly as possible. You want to give them every opportunity. And I learned how to love and detach at the same time. And it saved my life. And I believe it was integral in helping to save theirs because they had to take responsibility for themselves. I mean, my boys are grown now. They're incredible boys, like men, they are men. And who I became in the process of learning how to share my story and speak. I gave permission to so many other people to do the same. And we start, it just changed my whole life. Honestly, it changed my whole life. So as hard as it is, some of the most difficult experiences that I had have shaped me into who I am now. And do I wish I could have done it a different way and learn the lessons a different way? Absolutely. I'm human, but that's not how it works. We learn from the experiences that we live through and they are there to shape us into who we are today. Wow, incredible. And thank you for sharing that because it does take a lot of courage and vulnerability, especially from the standpoint of you being a mother, but then also having children who are adolescents and they're not grown where you said you dealt with the shame, the guilt and et cetera, because you felt like one, you didn't have a safe space a safe space at mm-hmm. home is what, what I heard you say. And then you didn't know who to, who to turn, who to turn to or et cetera. So then you're internalizing all of these things. And as a mother, I'm sure that you wanted to be the best mother that you could for your boys at the time and fix it, but you didn't know how, because this is new to you. And you mentioned it just came out of left field and you and your husband were dealing with this. And when I read your bio, you said your family unit fell apart. Mm -hmm. So, um, let me know if I could ask this question. So when your family unit fell apart, was there any restoration or recovery later on in life? Yes, 100%. I had to let it fall apart in order for it to come back together in a healthy way. Yes, I would say that 100%. And it, when I stopped taking ownership and responsibility for their choices, that meant that they had to. And then all of a sudden it was that, but mom, I want something different for my life. And I'm like, yeah, that's good. That's good. If you want to, I, I I will walk. I say this and I say it all the time, but I, my job is not to push and pull you through life. I'll walk beside you every single step of the way. So it, me taking responsibility for myself was exactly what every other person had to do in the family unit. We can't push and pull each other through we, you know, people say, well, you're lucky because you and your husband have been together for 29 years. Yeah, we, we are. We, yeah, we're almost celebrating our 29th anniversary. Um, it has not been luck. Let me just say that it has been work because it is work. It's the waves. you got to ride the waves. you got to do the work. Um, but I believe just like anything that you can do, you can have incredible relationships. It requires you to bring your best version forward. No one's, no one else is responsible for me to do that. It's not his job actually. And our marriage has the most, the best chance when we both bring our best selves forward. And that's no different from being a mom. That's no different from, you know, being a daughter, all of those pieces. So one of the turning points for me was I thought I had to learn how to forgive them for all of the choices that they made. And I actually had to learn how to forgive myself because I felt like I had failed on all of these levels. And I, I mean, it took me a while to realize, no, I didn't fail. 
that also means that, you know, the relationships that we have now, they're incredible people. They're absolutely incredible people. They've been my best teachers and I thank them every day for everything that I have learned. So that's how you start to repair relationships, not standing here waiting for when's the apology coming? When are they going to do this? When are they going? Like none of that matters. None of that matters. If we could stop holding that weight over top of each other, honestly, I think we all would have a better chance of rebuilding some of these relationships. Thank you for sharing that. And I could hear the power and the passion in your voice as you begin to walk us through what you went through and what your family went through. But I love the fact that you said you had to forgive yourself and you had to stop waiting for them to apologize and et cetera, because the people that we wait on to apologize may never apologize. And then we're carrying around that with us from, you know, life's, life's challenges. And then whenever we we look, look back, we're like, man, they have gone on with their life. And here I am still holding space for this particular issue. So um, I want to switch gears here because you obviously have told your story several times and you have connected with other groups and other women and mothers, dot, dot, dot. And you have now given them the empowerment, the confidence and urge to just rise up and come into, you know, themselves to share their stories. So at what moment in your life did that light bulb go off where you said, you know what, I'm just going to get out there and I'm going to start sharing my story. Because if I touch one person, then I've done my job because you don't know who that person is going to go on and touch. And feel free to rephrase it if I didn't say it accurately, because I don't want to put words in your mouth. No, you did. You did a great job explaining it. Um, I think it was 2015. I was asked to speak at an event and I was so scared to do it, but I felt like, no, I think you're supposed to do this. I really felt this instinct that you're supposed to do this. And I had 10 minutes and I just shared a piece of my story. And in that space, I probably had three or four moms come up to me and say, that was my story. I've just never told anybody. And what happened in that, in that moment, it was a light bulb moment of me saying, okay, there's three moms who had the courage to come up to me. So I know I'm not the only person who was struggling with this. I knew it anyways, but if I can give others permission to come forward and to speak and share their stories, then I feel like I'm doing something productive with all of the pain that I experienced. And the other thing was, is that the more people came up to me and told me that helped me to heal. And the more it healed me, what it did was it created this, like it was fueling a fire that I felt this is exactly what I'm supposed to do. And I was finding ways to share a story without coming ever from the space of victimhood and anger and resentment. And, you know, people were like, how do you do that? How do you do that? And I'm like, it's actually really powerful because it's freeing for you. And it's freeing for all of the relationships in your life. When you learn how to, I like to say, stand on your story. When you're in your story, you're a victim. No judgment to that. I spent most of my life there. And when you're in that victim space, no change happens. Nothing happens. You just sit and you feed on the fuel of being the victim. I was craving change. When I learned how to stand on my story, that then gave me permission to do with do that with others. It led to three different collaborative chapters and then my own book in 2017, multiple stages, my podcast starting and a second podcast starting and multiple books. If you would have told me this is where I would be 
like from starting six, seven years ago, I would have never in a million years believed it. And I'm actually glad that I didn't get to see it because I guarantee I would have self-sabotaged it because I did not feel worthy of creating and doing the work that I get to do today. So as humans, we want to know the answer. We want to know what it's going to look like in the end. Um, we're not meant to. We're not meant to. We just have to keep following that path. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, I'm not going to share my story right now because we don't have time. But if you're interested, I could definitely share Um outside of the recording, but I totally resonate where you're coming from because people will often say, you don't look like what you've been through. Right. Whenever they hear your story, then you know it releases that empowerment. They're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea because sometimes people are so quick to look at us and formulate their own views or their hypothesis or their assumptions or whatnot. But if they really take the time to go beyond the surface level with us, they'll be able to see how we are multifaceted and multidimensional, but how it was those life circumstances, whether they were tests, whether they were trials or whether we had to hit rock bottom in order to build ourselves back up and get over those hurdles. So I love how you phrase that, Marsha. And I wanna ask this question in case anyone in the audience is um, wondering this. Well, Marsha, I hear you talk about the power of standing in and on your stories, but how do I do that? Because I'm so afraid to share my story because what if I'm judged? What about if it's not received? Or what about if people see me in a different light? What would you say to that individual that has those what ifs or has that resistant to open their mouth and just curate and hold space? Mm -hmm. Great question. And I do receive this question. First thing I would say is if you are asking this question, you're already feeling called to do something with it. So there's, there's the first nudge. The second thing I would say is that with the judgment piece, um, there's no shortage of people who are going to judge you. There's no shortage of, you know, the, of what they're going to say, what they're going to think they're always there. And sometimes it can be immediate family. Sometimes it can be people that you don't know, um, you know, in your heart, what you're being called to do. And you have to decide like, who's, who are you going to let decide what you're going to do in this life? When I said, I wanted to write my book in 2017, I like I, said, I would love to say everybody thought it was a great idea. That is so not true. Nobody did. They no one did. They were mortified. How can you possibly share pieces of like our lives? We don't talk about these things. And my thought was maybe that's why we're in this problem that we're in is because nobody wants to talk about the difficult things in life. So that's the judgment piece that I would say. Follow the conviction that if you feel called to, there's a reason you're being called to. And I, my tagline, I always say is like someone somewhere is praying for the solutions you're holding on to. When you have found yourself through a difficult time and you have learned those lessons, there comes a point, those lessons aren't for you anymore. They're actually not for you. They're for you to pay it forward because you already learned them. The other thing I would say, and this is just a mirror check for all of us who judges us more than what we judge ourselves. There's no one on this planet that judges us more than what we judge ourselves. And when I put that two and two together, when I sat there and went, okay, I have tore myself apart, up, down, left, back, all over, and thought I have ruined, destroyed everything in my family. When I'm listening to the words, like when you live a difficult story like this, I didn't have to stop and wonder what people were thinking. They had no problem telling me to my face, coming to my door, saying things 
that of what I was doing wrong as a mom. So there was no question. Like I was direct. Um, but there came a switch moment where I went, you know what? I've said that to myself. I've said that to myself. I've said that to myself. So do I really need to let their words stop me? Because I've already done those things to myself. And in all fairness, I don't hold anger and resentment towards that, those people anymore, because I lived in it every day and I didn't have a clue what to do with it. So why would somebody from the outside, like be able to give advice to know what to do? Because I didn't have the right answer. So don't let those pieces of judgment stop you from doing what you're meant to do. And I get emotional when I think about it because all of the things I get to do today, the people I get to work with, the stories I get to support, the, the interviews I get to have, not one piece of that would be possible if I hadn't learned how to come to a space of sharing stories, talking about difficult things. And I, I, my story led me here. So I wish I could have learned it a different way. That's not how it works. So I've learned that learning to stand on my story gives you that perspective, allows me to put like pain, shift from pain to purpose, and I can do so much more with it. So that those would be some of the tips that I would share if somebody asked me that question. Those are incredible tips. And now it also brings more clarity and focus on what drove you to get into the work of NLP from my from my perspective and vantage point, because whenever you're able to shift your mindset and you're able to shift those paradigms, then the work that you're doing at NLP and audience NLP is neuro-linguistics programming. You're deprogramming the things that aren't working and you're introducing new program. So you're reprogramming in order so you could begin to fire and live in a space that is optimal and conducive to where you want to go. I'm not an expert in NLP. So Marsha, would you say when you came to that realization and based on the tips that you gave, was that a turning point for you to begin to walk into that NLP training and just get more knowledge in that field? Oh, you know what? What a great question. Seriously, no one's asked me that question. And I love that you did. I actually came into NLP in 2020. So I had already published the book. I had done things, but I came across my feet. I'd heard about it multiple times. And I literally just sat and went, I think I'm supposed to do this. I think I need to take this. And there was no strategy behind why I took it. It was actually something to support me. And it was through work with my own counseling to recognize that I had a lot of PTSD and trauma I had to work through. I had a lot of reprogramming that I had to go through. And I have spent most of my life in and around in some way, shape or form surrounded by different levels of addiction. I've seen it through a big chunk of my life. So there's a lot of stories and reprogramming that I had to do. So when I took it, it was only for me and it was nice to do something for me. But then all of a sudden I started to understand the power of our subconscious mind and how our brain is literally 95%, 95 to 99% of our thoughts come from our subconscious mind. And they, they can be stories that we've held onto since we were a child. So learning to reprogram that and support myself every day, right? It's not, it's not as simple as we reprogram it and we never have to face it again. But the NLP tools, I can tell you, they've been a game changer in my own healing, in my own beliefs in myself, in my own worthiness of myself and what I'm here to do. And in a very unique way of supporting my clients, I had no idea that it was going to unfold the way that it did. 
But again, this is another example of just trusting. I just trusted that it, it, there was a reason why this kept coming across my feed. Amazing. And thank you for sharing that, Marsha. And kudos to you for doing something for yourself, because not only did you do it for yourself, but now you're able to help help others who are aspiring to do it for themselves, too. So I'm going to throw you an audible um, and then we're going to jump into the, to the CTA. So for the audible, is there anything else that you would like to add to the conversation that would add value for the community today? And if not, we'll jump into the call to action. I just want to say one quick message that if something lands with you here, please know, like you can change your story at any time. And when I said my quote in the beginning, your story only ever has the meaning that you give it. When I shifted my meaning of my story, that I was a terrible mom and I had failed and I had ruined my kids' lives. I shifted it to like, I can actually do something with this story. This story is giving me the knowledge, the expertise, and I can do something with it that changes the story. You can change your story at any time. Amazing. And Marsha, is that quote like a quote from you or somebody else? That one is from me. I'm sure it's said in different ways, but I say it all the time with myself and my clients. Yeah. The story only ever has the meaning that you give it, right? If I pivot, change part of my business, it doesn't mean that I failed. It means that I was listening to what I needed. I respected, just as you said earlier, right? Learning to give myself some time before doesn't mean it's like failing in business. It means, oh my gosh, I'm honoring what I need. So we can change every single story and the meaning that we give it. And then that changes how we show up. Amazing. And now let's jump into the CTA, which is the call to action part of the segment. What is your call to action for the audience today? Whether you have a challenge for them, like I gave you a challenge, or if you or you could just plug your website and where you primarily hang out on social media for those um, in the audience to connect with you and learn more about what you have going on. Perfect. Thank you so much. I would say to keep it super simple, you can connect with me. If you start even in Google typing Marsha Van W, everything will come up from podcast to, you don't even have to get the rest of the word. Um, so it will all come up. I do have a free quiz and I can't remember if I sent it to you. If I didn't, I will send it but I have a free quiz and it's just the story blocks quiz. And the reason why this is really valuable is I've tied NLP with it. So it's free. So we, you go through the quiz. It's like so many questions and it shows you what is your main block to learning how to like share your story, use your voice. Are you a hider, a people pleaser, a victim, or a perfectionist inviter? And then I've backed that up with some NLP tools to support you in changing that story. Amazing. I'm going to do a challenge for myself and actually take that quiz, hopefully now or while I'm on maternity leave. So thank yeah. you for sharing that. And then we'll definitely make sure that the links that you just mentioned are in the show notes. So audience, all you need to do is read, scroll on down and tap in with Marsha Van Weinsberg. Make sure you like, comment, follow and subscribe. This is on 40 plus audio platforms. You could also see the video to this recording on our YouTube channel by typing in GEMS, G-E-M-S, with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And my big ask, asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength mm -hmm. is for brand sponsors. If that is you and you want to link arms with me, where you'll see that this podcast is ranked in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts, 
per the KPIs, which are metrics, you can go to www.listennotes.com to fact check me or head on over to my website, genesisamariskemp.net to learn more info or the last option, send me a personalized email to genesisamariskemp at gmail.com because we are all here to link arms and make this world a better place. So until the next guest, next segment, peace, love, and lots of blessings, and never be afraid to share your story. You never know how your story can shape or reshape the life of someone else or cause them to turn their life around 360 because they heard you share your story. Now they feel empowered and called to link arms and begin to share their stories. And then we see that domino and ripple effect. Each one of us was created on purpose for a purpose. So my question for you is, what is your purpose? What is your story? And how is your story going to create relevancy, not just now, but future generations to come? So on that note, signing out, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp and Marsha Van Weinsberg. Thank you so much for listening in. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform as well as our YouTube channel, Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at gems, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.